Hey, WellFit fam, it's your girl Shia Thousand here. Welcome to another episode of the WellFit Lab podcast, a weekly conversation about all things mental health and personal wellness to prevent stress and overcome burnout to live with intention. I'm your resident burnout coach, Shia Thousand. And today we are going to be talking about creating a bedtime routine and kombucha. They don't sound like they go together, but they do because they both help you with your personal wellness. Grab your tea, a pen and paper, and let's head into the lab. I'll see you in there. All right. Thanks for joining me for another episode. As I stated earlier, I'm going to be talking today about something that I've been using for over 20 years for my physical health and my mental health, and that is kombucha. I know you might have heard of it. It's been all the rage for the last few years. Um, People have been getting into it. They have had kombucha bars pop up. You can find them in all of your local health food stores. And what exactly is kombucha, right? So a lot of people are not sure what it is. I have been drinking it for at least 20 years and I make my own at home. So it might even be more than 20 years at this point. Actually, it is more than 20 years. So just to give you a little bit of insight on what kombucha is, kombucha is a fermented, lightly effervescent, sweetened, black or green tea drink commonly consumed for its health benefits. Sometimes the beverage is called kombucha tea to distinguish it from the culture of bacteria and yeast. So all of that to say, when you look at it, It doesn't look like what you think it is. It's made with something called a SCOBY. Some people in the industry call it a mushroom. So it is a fermented drink. You do need ID to purchase it if you go to your local health food store. But I've been drinking it for the last 20 some odd years. And the reason I say that is because I've been drinking it before it was the rage and everyone was talking about it. So where you can find it. You can find it in Whole Foods, Targets, but who exactly knows the health benefits of kombucha? So here's a little bit of my own personal story and how I was able to overcome aggressive periods, cysts on my ovaries, and digestive health. So like I stated earlier, I've been drinking it for over 20 years. And a little bit of backstory, from the ages of 12 to 17, during the week of my period, And the days prior, I would suffer from extreme cramps in my legs. I could barely walk or stand. It was hard for me to get out of bed. And most of the time, I could kind of take a painkiller, get myself to school. But while I'd be at school, there was no level of comfort. While you're having to sit up, pay attention in class, sit in those chairs, I just couldn't do it. So I would constantly call my mom and just ask her if I could be excused from school. She would say yes, I'd go back home and I'd basically miss almost a week of school. And this went on for years. And then my dad finally was like, we can't keep doing this. So we need to find something that can help you. And so it was so bad that I couldn't even sit in car rides. If I was in car rides and I um, had my period, I would be bawling. If we had a pothole, I would be just, just crying and screaming so loud. So it got so bad, my dad intervened and said we needed to find something. And so his wife was actually making kombucha at home and shared the recipe with me. And within a matter of 30 to 60 days, all my symptoms went away. So I began incorporating it into my daily life, drinking a few ounces a day till I finally got up to the point where I was drinking 32 ounces a day. 
So um, between the ages of 21 to 22, I was actually placed on birth control to shrink a cyst on my ovary. And at that time, I wasn't drinking kombucha and hadn't been drinking it for about six months to a year. And it was just a matter of me being lazy, not wanting to make it anymore. You know, when you're young, you're like, I just, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to go out, want to hang out, want to be with my friends. And then I would try and get my friends to drink it. And they were like, what is that? It smells funny. It tastes funny. I'm not drinking that. So, you know, wanting to hang out with my friends and not have to worry about my kombucha, I really just didn't care anymore and was like, I'm not going to make it anymore. And that's when I got the cyst on my ovary. So when I got the cyst on my ovary, I remembered that the kombucha actually helped me with my cramps. So I'm like, hmm, maybe this can help me with the cyst. So I went back to making it and I was able to remove myself off birth control and the kombucha shrunk the cyst on my ovary within a matter of weeks. So I'm not saying it is for everyone, and I definitely encourage you to consult a doctor. Everything I share on this podcast is more so my own story and the stories of my guests and our own personal experiences. We are not physicians, so this is my disclaimer. We are not physicians. We have not gone to school. We are doing our best with the information we have and the resources that we have that we know that have helped and supported us along our wellness journey. However, I encourage you, before you drink kombucha or take yourself off of any medication, consult your physician. Okay? All right. So now, when um, you look into kombucha and you do your own research, I'm a big advocate for people sharing information, but even bigger advocate for you doing your own research. So some of the health benefits of kombucha are a probiotic, digestive health, detoxification, increased energy, arthritis prevention. It is full of vitamin B. It helps with late weight loss. It's an immunity booster, high in antioxidants. And these are just the tip of the iceberg, really. There are so many things that kombucha does for your body that have not been studied and found to be true. So I will say that it is a Eastern philosophy, um, form of medicine or form of um, care for your personal wellness. It is not always recognized here on the West. And with that being the case, everyone's not going to be open to hearing about how kombucha can help you. And your doctor's not always going to encourage you to use it unless you have a doctor who is familiar with Eastern um, medicine and is comfortable sharing that. Not always the case though. So again, I encourage you to do your own research. There was a time where I was actually selling kits for this. I don't any longer, but if you look it up online, you can definitely find um, kits where they actually sell the SCOBY with the tea bags, the sugar, and it's a whole home brewing system. And that system normally can make you about one gallon of kombucha tea. And that one gallon should last you about a week. Once you get up to 16 and 32 ounces a day, you'll actually need to make at least two, two and a half gallons. And this is just for one individual. Again, the health benefits are endless. And me personally, I was able to see and recognize this within my own life. So that's why I wanted to kind of just share this with you guys today as something that could be helpful. I don't know if you're struggling with anything in your health right now, but do your research and see if kombucha can help you. When it comes to digestive, I was someone who never really um, went to the bathroom and I was clogged up, seriously. And when I started drinking the kombucha, it being a probiotic, it's taking care of your gut health. And then it also started being able to allow me to go to the bathroom more often. This may be TMI and that is fine. 
But I'm trying to encourage you, do your research, look into it, because this is something that can be truly beneficial. And my family, as a family, my parents were on it for over 30, probably 35 years. Um, My mom still is on it. My dad recently passed, but my mom is still on it. And my family swears by it. My siblings are on it and we all drink it and we can see how it has impacted our health over the years. And especially with me, someone who dealt with um, aggressive periods and cysts, this is something that made a huge difference in my life. So I want to encourage you to check it out today. If you've seen it, you've seen the rage. I will say though, one thing that I've noticed is that a lot of people drink kombucha that is infused. I'm not sure what the health benefits are of anything that is infused versus the original kombucha. And even when you drink it at the store or you go to a kombucha bar, I will always encourage you to drink original, not infused, because I'm not sure what the health benefits are. I'm not sure at what stage in the process they are infusing it, because that can change the molecular structure of the SCOBY. All right? Just putting that out there. Hopefully, you learned something today and this was helpful. Until next time, talk to you soon. Bye. Hello everyone. Thank you for joining me for another episode in the lab. And today we are talking about do you have a bedtime routine and how having a bedtime routine and getting enough rest contributes to your overall personal wellness. If you follow me on Instagram or any form of social media, you know that we are currently doing 30 days of wellness. And for Sunday, we just talked about going to bed early. And I really think it's important to have a bedtime routine. I can tell you personally, I don't always stick to my bedtime routine, but I notice the impact when I do. So I wanted to just bring it up today because we are so inundated with this grind culture and there have been a lot of conversations about getting enough rest. And one of the people contributing to that conversation, if you follow them on IG, is the Nat Ministry and how us getting our rest is actually revolutionary. So I wanted us to think about that as we go into this new week and setting the tone for what your summer is going to look like and creating new healthy habits. So according to the CDC, more than a third of American adults are not getting enough sleep on a regular basis. That's a lot of people. And if we're not getting enough sleep on a regular basis, that's impacting our mental health, that's impacting our physical health, that's also impacting our memory and how we engage with our connections, our people, our relationships, our work. It's impacting everything. So I think that thinking about a bedtime routine can sometimes be hard to create if you don't know where to start. So I'm going to give you some tips on where to start, and I'm a firm believer in routines actually bring freedom. So like I said, I don't always stick to mine, but I'm definitely working on it. So most people are not comfortable with routines as they feel that they are limiting. And um, a quote from Ariana Huffington is, the way to a more productive, more inspired, and more joyful life is getting enough sleep. If anyone has known anything about Ariana Huffington or even read any of her books, you know that she's a big advocate for rest as well. So here are seven ways that you can create a routine to close out your day. One, set a realistic bedtime and stick to it. So me, I'm a night owl. A realistic bedtime for me is at least 11 p.m. 
And the reason is I like to still feel like I'm staying up a little bit later. I also get really creative after 10 p.m. I have no idea why, but my creative juices are always flowing between 10 and 2. So for me, it's really important that I still have that moment of creativity right before I go to sleep. And I can actually journal that. If you follow me on IG, you know we talked about journaling this weekend as well. I can actually journal that or do voice notes to myself to download everything that's in my head so that I can make sure I'm in bed on time. Sticking to it can be hard, but it is important. So you want to make sure that you're creating a bedtime routine and setting a time for yourself that is actually realistic and that you are going to be able to stick to. I also encourage you to take a hot aromatherapy bath or shower. I use lavender, so that's tip number two. So you wanna take a hot aromatherapy bath or shower. Lavender is really good for preparing you to go to sleep. So definitely think about that. For someone else, it may be another essential oil, but you wanna at least prepare your body and let your body know it's time to wind down. So also tip number three, sit alone with your thoughts with a hot cup of tea and journal five things you're grateful for for that day. Remember to check in with yourself to assess your feelings daily. But if you do this every night, a lot of the time we forget the little things that have happened throughout our day and we think we only have to have big things. Something that's really cool that my mom does is she actually keeps a whiteboard that she draws flowers on. And every leaf of a flower is something that has happened that she's grateful for throughout her day or a kiss from God. And that's what she calls it, a kiss from God. And that's a blessing for her day. So I would like to encourage you to do the same so that you don't even wait till the end of the day to do it. It's great to sit alone and kind of get these things out and journal before you go to bed. But if you can start making mention or note of this throughout your day with a whiteboard, that is a great way to start. So tip four, shut off all technology at least one hour prior to bed. I like to actually put my phone and my technology in my bathroom. So it's in another room, I can still hear my alarm because I don't use a traditional alarm, but I actually have it sitting in my bathroom plugged in so that it's not directly next to me. I try to remove all technology from my bedroom as often as I possibly can. It's not always possible because sometimes I do um, wanna watch maybe something before I go to sleep to help me wind down, but that's not always good. But what is good is not having technology. I don't have a TV in my bedroom and I encourage you not to have a TV in your bedroom as well. I really think that the bedroom is made for rest and the more engaging activities that we have in our bedroom, we're less likely to rest. And so you want to promote rest in every aspect as you have created a sanctuary. Your bedroom is the place for you to just go and be still, be comfortable, and be at peace. And we can't always be at peace if we're constantly watching the news in our bedrooms. So I encourage you not to have a TV in your room. It's not for everyone, and I know it's hard, but I do encourage you to create a habit of not having technology in your space, in your bedroom, for at least one hour prior to bed. Also, tip number five, practice your deep breathing in a dedicated, um, clutter-free space. If you are following me on IG, our 30 days of self-care, we decluttered our space this weekend as well. 
So I think it's really important that your space be really clean and clear of anything that can hinder your rest, anything that can be a distraction. A lot of the times we have just notes or some people even have offices in their bedrooms. It can make it really hard to sleep if your place is full of clutter and especially if you have a desk in there where you're actually working and you're not separating the space. I know everyone doesn't have the luxury of creating a separate workspace, but I would even put up a sectional that just separates your workspace from your bedroom space. And it can be a beautiful decorative sectional. You can make it what you want, but this will help promote the peaceful environment that you're trying to create prior to going to bed. Tip number six, read one chapter of a good book. I am currently reading Setting Boundaries and Finding Your Peace by Dr. Nedra. If you're not following her on Instagram, I encourage you to do so. Setting boundaries is really, really, really important to your personal well-being and overall mental health. And this book is a great place to get tips as well as advice on some things you may have been struggling with and didn't even realize you were struggling with. So tip number seven, say a prayer. Give God your burdens and allow him to handle them while you sleep. We are not in control as much as we think we are, and knowing God is working on our behalf helps ease your mind of anxiety. If you say a prayer as you're going to sleep, it can actually make you more peaceful and get you into a calmer state of mind and actually help you get to sleep that much faster. We don't always think about it that way, and if you're not someone who's religious, you may not even have a prayer life. I want to encourage you, even if your prayer is thanking God for everything that happened throughout your day, I think it is really important that you set the tone for your evening and whatever you are dealing with in your mind that is causing you any form of anxiousness, it is good to just say it out loud and give it to God and trust that he is actually going to handle it throughout the day. The next morning may not be everything's perfect, but nothing's ever going to be perfect. So Proverbs 3.24 tells us, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. Your sleep will be sweet. Your sleep will be sweet because you are releasing these things to God and asking him to take care of them for you. I want you to think about that as you create a bedtime routine for this week and moving forward. So I'm going to run through those again. Seven ways to create a healthy um, bedtime routine and close out your day. One, set realistic bedtime and stick to it. Two, take a hot aromatherapy shower or bath. Three, sit alone with your thoughts with a hot cup of tea to journal five things you're grateful for. Remember to check in with yourself to assess your feelings daily. Four, shut off all technology one hour prior to bed, if this is possible. If it is not, I would try to do at least 30 minutes. Five, practice your deep breathing in a decluttered free space. A dedicated clutter-free space, sorry. You want to make sure that wherever you're going to be getting your rest is peaceful and not full of clutter. Six, read one chapter of a good book. Seven, say a prayer. Hopefully these tips are helping you to create a healthy bedtime routine and one that allows your body to get the rest that it needs. One thing I'll also add as a bonus, try not to eat or drink any wine or any forms of alcohol at least two hours before you go to sleep. 
This can actually hinder your sleep or force you to wake up multiple times throughout the night, either to go to the bathroom or that your body is still trying to digest. It seems sometimes that we think we're getting sleepy from alcohol, but what it's actually doing is creating the false sense of sleep. So you may get sleepy for the moment and then within an hour or two, you wake back up. So you don't have a fully restful sleep because you're not sleeping straight through the night. So I want to encourage you, the bonus tips, do not eat or drink any alcohol within two hours of going to bed so that you can truly have a restful sleep and your body will not be digesting anything or processing anything right before bed or while you are sleeping. Hopefully these tips have helped you today and thank you for tuning in. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you got something out of today's episode. It is a short and sweet to the point episode. We talked about creating a healthy bedtime routine with seven tips and the health benefits of kombucha, which I have been home brewing and using for over 20 years. Hopefully you took notes. If you're interested in kombucha, definitely consult a physician. If you're looking to create a bedtime routine as we transition into summer, I highly encourage it. If you have a TV in your bedroom, get it out if you can. If you have technology in your bedroom, get it out if you can. But all of that to say, hopefully this episode gave you some thoughtful things to take away and actually implement in your life. And until next time, we'll talk again soon. Bye, guys.